Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Prog Quo, the music podcast where I subject my friends and loved ones to progressive rock music, and they in turn get to subject me to whichever musical expression they wish to. This is the final episode of 2020. Hard to believe that we're finally rounding off this year. And with us today is a fantastic musical guest of Matt O'Leary. Matt is a contemporary music critic such as myself. He and I were actually introduced to one another through YouTube. He's one of my all-time favorite individuals to talk about music with, and we had a lot to discuss about each other's music. As always, I want to extend a huge thank to Liana Olinsky for the show's graphic and Explosive Ear Candy for their track All Together Now, which is the soundtrack to this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode and find out what we have to introduce to one another. And I'll see you all back here at the Adverse. Give me more of your sunshine. start the recording it's recording so we can start pretty much whenever we want all right go for it beautiful all right well thank you so much for coming on matt um i've been trying to get you on for the longest time and i'm glad that we finally were able to connect do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself sure yeah so uh i'm matt o'leary and i know i've known michael for geez maybe four years. Is it, has it point? really been four years? I want to say we both kind of started the YouTube thing in 2015, 2016. Yeah. Right? I, I know I started mine 2014. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, you were just a little bit before. Yeah. But I remember when you came on the scene and I was watching a couple of your reviews and I'm like, oh, dang, this guy really knows his stuff. Like he brings such a unique perspective to the music that I love to listen to. And at that time, there was really nobody else talking about that style of music, which was part of the reason why I started the YouTubes uh, because nobody was talking about the kind of music that I love to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, you had the big names like Anthony Fantano and Mm -hmm. uh, Spectrum Pulse covering an album maybe once or twice a year. But these guys all have their, very idiosyncratic tastes yes they do very oddly specific Mm -hmm. set of albums that are kind of their yeah core yeah so when i saw your reviews i'm like i gotta reach out to this guy and connect with him get him on my program and help his channel grow because he needs all the all the watchers like (laughs) there was a point where like i'm not as good as this guy so i want to make sure that he blossoms and grows well i I think your um, your niche of progressive rock was sorely needed in the mm. community of reviewers, um, yeah. and so I'm glad you took took it upon yourself to go that way. <laughs> uh, I felt like I could never commit to anything. I was like, well, I like this yeah. too, so I can't be the prog guy if I <laughs> also listen to. I don't know, Wolfpack and stuff. I was I was going to say, you got me into so many unique bands that I normally wouldn't. And like Wolfpack being one of the big ones, you got me into like Thank You Scientists and Oh, really? Co- yeah, it was one of your Crazy. reviews of uh, Thank You Scientists. And, uh, and then Co- it was your top album. 
Yeah, yeah. And you also introduced wow. me to the Deer Hunter. So like so many great progressive bands, I was introduced through your reviews. So and and likewise, I'll say the yeah. same. I mean, whenever I need like an a prog update, I just go back <laughs> to your channel because I'm kind of out of the loop in that sense. And right. I don't think that a lot of the main sources of information in progressive rock as a genre mm-hmm. um, are, are really keeping up with it. Yeah. The ones that I used to follow anyway have kind of slowed down. Yeah. Like I used to read like prog magazine and I used to go on to, and I still do go on to prog rock archives, but I felt like they were spending too much time focusing in on things that have already happened instead of focusing on the current climate and like where it's going Mm. and for me that was always more exciting i always wanted to hear what was the next sound coming out where is this next facet of this very prolific genre going i don't really need to read another article about how genesis has influenced the scene like i don't as much they're gonna come up enough (laughs) they are you know so there's only so many times that i can read oh um Steve Hackett is putting out another yeah. live album. It's like, and that's, that's great, sort of the, but... that's the Prague paradox that we've talked about a little bit about before, right? Where yeah. it's like the spirit of progressive music should be progress. Yes. Yes. It <laughs> instead should. Of um, this antiquated, you know, old guy scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, that's I... what Stephen Wilson, I guess, like that kind of vein of thought he's frustrated with. And yeah, I kind of, I share that. And so I actually picked an album today that I feel like embodies that core oh. spirit of progressive without necessarily fitting the, the tropes of progressive rock. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Tell me about this album. I'm very excited to hear this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm just trying desperately to not just shout out the name. <laughs> I'm really into this one. So okay, okay. Um, so it's a band that is really either loved or hated. Oh. And they they do everything from funk, mm-hmm. punk, mm-hmm. psych. Uh, some country, some gospel, oh. some prog and R&B, maybe a little metal thrown oh, in there. Oh, so they really get getting me excited. My mouth is salivating. I got it. I got to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I would say too, uh, well, I'm not going to say this until after you listen to the album. There's something I want to say, but it might color your experience with it but okay okay this is okay. their this is their eighth album so it's eighth. a deep deep cut a deep pull okay they're also a band that i feel like for like all us ostensible reasons i shouldn't like them hmm. like they just don't really fit my typical taste i feel like but somehow it's just there yeah and so that's kind together. of the yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it is like the value of the band, I think, is just kind of intangible. It's really mm. hard to quantify and it's really useless to try to like intellectualize it or try to explain why you <laughs> <laughs> why you like them. So, yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's a very um, at least from what you're saying, it's much more of like an emotional draw rather than an intellectual draw. 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what's the big reveal? What is this? Uh, so the, the album is Quebec by Ween. Oh, I'm very glad you chose this. I have heard about Ween very often from yeah. a lot of different places, but I've never, never actually had a chance to listen to it. Well, this is your time. That's Quebec. Yeah. That's, I'm very excited because I've never had the chance to sit down and listen to Ween, but as I mentioned, mm-hmm. I keep hearing about it from a lot of different people. Mm. Uh, I think there's Ween, there's three bands that I keep getting recommended from a lot of different people, especially from young people. Um, so there was Ween, Mew, and oh. what's the other one? Do you know I almost chose? You almost chose Mew? Yeah. Oh, man. It's because those were, I'm trying to remember the third, but those are like the three that people keep trying. And I'm like, I will. I just don't have the time right now. Okay. Okay. Please so. promise me this, that you will wait on Mew <laughs> until our next I will around. wait. I will wait on Mew. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. okay. So I'm, I'm excited to actually dive into this. Um, would you say that Quebec is like, one of the more beloved albums from them or is this more of like a hidden gem i really don't know it's tough to interpret um Mm -hmm. i I feel like it kind of has mixed reviews as do a lot of albums that are later in careers just in general i feel like that's the case okay um because they build up this fan base around certain identities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you know if basically if you step out of line with your core fan base sometimes that can be that can be trouble. Um, yeah. But another thing about this album that's unique in their catalog anyway, is it's, it's kind of darker. Mm. Not, I don't think the music comes off initially as dark, but when you read into it a little bit, understand where they were in time and kind of their personal situations a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you, you understand and some of it is revealed. Right. Okay. So, so the band is um, made up of two two friends who go by the names Gene and Dean Ween. <laughs> I like them already. Yeah. Oh boy. And uh, they started in the eighties, just playing music together, making mm-hmm. little ditties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never stopped making little ditties. Amazing. And all of a sudden yep. there they were on there the scene. So there, there are some really rough, there are some really rough early albums from them as yep. far as production goes. I mean, just like really bedroom quality um, stuff. Yeah. Um, albums like The Pod, um, Pure Guava. But okay. then later they started to kind of up the production game and it's a little crisper and more accessible. Right. Um, got, but they got out from the basement and into the recording studio, so to speak. Exactly. But the music does not become any less eccentric and eclectic and crazy. Oh man. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. If you've got me, you've got me hook, line and sinker, I'm going to just take it all in and see what this is all about. So, and you have dark side of the moon for me, right? (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Actually it's interesting because this band actually encompasses what we were talking about how progressive rock is more regressive than progressive 
this is part of the neo uh, movement, the neo progressive rock. Um, this was really big in the eighties uh, with bands like Marillion and Pendragon and Arena, um, where they were seeing what was going on in the eighties in terms of punk, uh, glam metal, um, glam stadium rock. And they're like, we really liked what was going on in the early 70s and we want to bring that back. But through the lens of this 80s style. So I'm giving you one of my favorite neo-prog outfits. Um, and this is, again, I'm going to steal your style of hiding the name for as long as I can. <laughs> um, this is... Um, an album that came out in the very early nineties. And it's interesting okay. because I feel like they rejuvenized not only the Neo Prague outfit because in the early nineties, Neo Prague didn't really know what to do. It didn't really work commercially or financially in terms of a viable subgenre of music. Like, Especially in the early 90s, I'd imagine, with just like yeah. Nirvana culture and oh yeah, like this came out this came cool. out in '93, so like mm. grunge was hitting hard. So um, Prague was at its least popular. It was at its least popular. Like the only other bands that were even flirting with progressive rock were like the metal bands, like uh, Dream Theater is the biggest one, but Metallica yeah. and. Um, I guess Megadeth would be around the corner at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so they were taking that style, but doing it in a symphonic rock style. Um, they, in the beginning albums, like their first couple of albums were much more theatrical, uh, very melodramatic. Uh, there was a lot of allusions to, you know, the mm -hmm. court jester or the fool um the lead singer would come on stage like peter gabriel from the 70s with like lots of makeup on um so this was the album in my opinion that brought their music to a whole nother level and a lot of people still believe it's their best album um okay because i was debating which album to give you there's my favorite album and the album that got me into their music that was released in 2004 but I feel like this is a better entry point hmm. for an yeah, overall. I'm trying so hard to figure this out. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to do the big reveal. Hold um, on though. I, I do have a okay. question. So okay. would you yeah, say, yeah, yeah. so you said earlier, uh, they kind of take the eighties sheen, I guess. Yeah. And, but try to emulate more of the early seventies. Yeah. Or not emulate, but just they're As, more inspired by that yeah. period. So would you say that, what about the early 70s uh, sound are, are they kind of drawing from? Yeah, they're drawing from that symphonic sound that bands like Genesis and Yes were captivating. So lots of Mellotron, uh, yep. lots of soaring uh, guitar works. The, the big thing that drew me to this band more so than any other neo band is the interplay between the keyboards and the guitars. Mm. So what they were drawing from were these longer stretches of music, complex time signatures, and um, yeah, yeah, looking at it more as how can we use these techniques to service the song that we're trying to write? Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm ready for the big reveal. <laughs> the big reveal. So I'm giving you the UK band IQ. I don't even know them. You don't know. Okay. I'll be That's, honest with this you. Is, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, IQ was my second big introduction to the Neo sphere. The first one obviously being Marillion. But yeah. I feel like IQ is the pinnacle of what neo prog could have been if it caught on in a bigger way like it mm. caught on within the subgenre okay. but it, i don't feel like obviously there's a lot of songs on here that are very derivative of the 70s in presentation in uh and that was one of the main reasons why i didn't even give you their 2004 album of dark matter because okay. the, the final song is essentially a supper's ready ripoff from genesis <laughs> Okay. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so IQ. Gosh, yeah. I thought you were going to say like UFO, but they're oh, not. That's, that's a good, I no, no. When I you said to... UK. Yeah. Um, I feel like, okay. So IQ, gosh, I IQ. place this in my mind, but I really can't. So, so Marillion-esque you would say? Yes. Yeah. Because Mar if... Mar Marillion was one of the first to go on to the scene, like in the very early eighties, these guys were yeah. around the same time in 1983 with their first album tales from the lush attic. I think it was, um, but okay. it, it, they never quite hit the same stride that Marillion did. Like Marillion hit the ground running and put out one of their best albums. These guys wouldn't come out with their best album until 10 years later with the album I'm giving you, which is mm. called ever. Ever by Ever. IQ by IQ yeah uh, and this I think has one of their best lineups as well because they've had a couple of changes um, the two main staples are Peter Nichols on the lead vocals and Mike Holmes on the guitars um, mm -hmm. rounding out uh, Martin Orford plays the Mellotrons keyboards all the pianos okay and uh, John, I always mispronounce his name, uh, John Jowitt, I think it is. He plays the bass and then Paul Cook on drums. And they would keep this lineup for about 10 years before they started to, people left, uh, okay. Martin on the keyboards left and the bass player They've had all and, the usual progressive rock band. Yeah, yeah or it's almost a revolving and, door at certain points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They've got that timeline on Wikipedia. That's like a... <laughs> at this point, it's more of a graph than a timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. So this is from the mm -hmm. 80s? So this album came out in 1993. No, 90, sorry, 93. And then 93. they made... Uh, you were going to give me Dark Matter from like 2004. You said, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they but, had a long career then because this is 10 years after they began, you said. That's right. Yeah. And in okay. fact, they put out an album last year too. So oh, like they great. never really okay. stopped recording. Um, yeah. They've put out 12 albums, uh, ever being their fifth album. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they've been, they've been pretty consistent. I'm really excited about this because I would say that era is one of my least known yeah in music especially with Prague. like i you know i know the early dream theater albums and yeah <laughs> and some Marillion, but that's yeah that's about it like so. out, outside of like the very early porcupine tree stuff the very early like mm -hmm. even spock's beard wouldn't come on the scene until like yeah five yeah. so this is like 
the the nomads of progressive rock like the trailblazers mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the second generation so all right iq yeah with... IQ, IQ with ever and i've got right. i've got ween with quebec so yes this is going to be a very interesting talk because one of my favorite <laughs> I things think so i think so one of my favorite things is finding connections between the two albums <laughs> <laughs> so that i think is going to be very fun for I, these two albums i really think we're going to struggle with that <laughs> and the more we try i feel like the less we'll understand <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a Sisyphelian uh, endeavor. We're we're trying to pull that boulder up the hill, and it'll yep. just keep bulldozing us back down yeah. to the bottom. This atlas over here with the stone mm-hmm. on my back. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's dive in then. All right, let's do this. With that, Matt and I go off into each other's kind of musical world to explore what we have there. I was very excited to listen to Ween for the first time. As I mentioned in the podcast itself, I have heard about them and really excited to actually dive deep into their musical expressions. And Matt will be introduced to uh, IQ, the one of my favorite neo-prog groups. And just a few announcements. Uh, as you've kind of noticed, I've been a little bit uh, slower in uploading these. Uh, and so going into 2021, I'm going to be uploading every other week rather than every week. I need a little bit more time getting guests on board, recording and editing. So we're going to go bi-weekly rather than weekly. Uh, And I think that's the main thing. I hope everybody's having a good time staying safe. And I hope everybody's 2021 is a little bit better than 2020. Um, And if you haven't already, check out my Patreon. It's Patreon slash Notes Review. And uh, also check out my YouTube page. I just uploaded my top 10 albums of 2020. So go and have a look at that if you haven't already. And with that, let's dive back into the episode, find out what Matt thought about IQ and what I thought about Ween. We have some really fun discussions about each group, and I hope you really enjoy. And I'll see everybody in 2021. Okay. 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 I have thoughts, but, but first you have big thoughts. Oh man. Oh man. But big first thoughts, I, I gotta know. I gotta know what, what did you think? What did you think? Man, it, there's a lot there. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to digest really. <laughs> um, I really liked it. Oh, good. I yeah. think, you know, my initial reaction was like very positive like i i think um this the singer the singer's voice Mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of um marillion's fish you know a little bit um i even hear like some gazpacho yeah in there um one of my first thoughts just getting through a couple songs was just like these songs would take so much work to create like 
Mm-hmm. I was imagining you listening to <laughs> so many people in the neighborhood. Yep, yep, and, uh, yep. And then I was listening to like this. I feel like I was reading like 50 pages of a novel, you know, just now. To right. The the lyrics are so in-depth and yeah. so introspective and so personal. And um, mm-hmm. But I really like the the singer um, and his just like emotive lush style you know you expect to do some work sometimes to get used to a vocalist style but this one was just like pretty immediate yeah Yeah. and And that's one of the things that i love mm -hmm. about neoprog i mean it's a good and bad thing right like i love how all the singers kind of sound like that like they all take inspiration from like that there is a similarity for sure very peter gabriel-esque singing style yeah yeah but another thing about the music just overall a theme is that i feel like every instrument has its moment to shine and its role to play Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. songs um mid song throughout a song they're weaving in and out of of little solos and and Mm -hmm. moments for each person and that just gives me the sense that this is a this was a really collaborative writing style Mm -hmm. process you know and there's almost an extra little thrill that comes from just imagining them all being so actively engaged together yeah writing this together rather than just sort of laying down a bass track after the fact after the guitarist has this wild crazy idea and you just kind (laughs) of go along with it Um, which happens in so many other bands so Mm -hmm. that's like yeah one of the things one of the things that i love about this band and this album in particular why i gave this to you is the interplay between the guitars and the keyboards and i know i mentioned that at the beginning but within tracks such as um out of nowhere um further away the biggest track and leap of faith they all have this moment where there's this kind of call and answer almost a duel between the two Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and instead of it being like a further away for sure yeah for sure um it feels i think you said it perfectly with a collaboration it's you know each each time they're trying to one up one another but less in a competitive way and more of a i see what you're laying down let's see if i can move it forward kind mm-hmm. of an idea yeah the um there wasn't really a dud song i feel like on the whole thing i mean it's six tracks and every one had something unique to offer there were a couple moments where it was like obviously more of its time mm-hmm. um i would say uh like the second to last track i think it was um leap of faith yeah there's a couple moments where the synth line and then a further away to like there's that fretless bass sound yeah like, you know that's like very classic uh yeah this moment and i wouldn't even have known to say it was neo prog or or whatever but um Mm -hmm. it definitely makes sense now that you're giving it that title as like okay yeah that's that sound yeah yeah there's there's some staple neo sounds on this album and a lot of I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I feel like they took a lot of what the Neo Prague was doing in the 80s and then mm. trailblazed the next wave of recontextualizing it in a new light for the 90s that a lot of the Neo Prague groups would then use going forward. There's a, there's a bit of it that their use of synth mm-hmm. reminds me of like a moon safari or something yeah. from later on. Um, yeah. 
there is a lot of movement, but it's very melodic and mm-hmm. cheery at times. Um, yeah. They, they vacillate between like cheeriness and, and sinister sounds really quickly. Yeah. And that was something specifically for Neoprog. It was very odd to have a cheerful sound with a Neoprog. Yeah. Usually it's very melancholical. It's very depressive. It's very like emotional. So having any kind of joyful sounds was very odd. And so that's part of the reason why I really like tracks like Out of Nowhere, which feels very joyful and very fun. Should have known. Like, I think the first line is innocent, or there's one line in there that's like innocently dumb, and just the way you mm-hmm. sang it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I don't know, like. The one thing about this album that turned me off for the first couple of listens, because I've ah, I discovered this one a little bit later on, like maybe 2006, it mm-hmm. felt like the lead singer had marbles in his mouth half the time. I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was just kind of his singing styles for that, because I definitely found it on Out of Nowhere, especially mm-hmm. on the first couple of lines. It just felt like there was cotton balls stuck in his cheeks half the times. So. It could be some of the post processing a little bit too. But yeah, because there was some you're saying. there was some fun added uh, effects on his vocals uh, yeah. that elevated it. So yeah, and there's some like really classic of that time reverby sounds mm-hmm. added mm-hmm. too. Uh, but I did. You said like melancholic. That's there for sure. That a lot of oh, the yeah. lyrics themselves are so introspective, like like mournful and mm-hmm. very heartfelt. Mm -hmm. and um personal you know yeah and like just long just really (laughs) just like a full diary entry you know yeah yeah but but it's more than that it's well composed you know yep yep yeah for sure was there any track on here that like stood out from the rest or were they all kind of like i mean really good yeah, I feel like there it tends to blend together. I feel like yeah. it would take a couple of listens to really tell the differences, but I liked Fading Senses and Out of Nowhere a lot. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like Out of Nowhere is was more one of the more simplistic. Mm-hmm. It almost was there was almost like a punk simplicity to it. Yeah, I can see that. But I I that one stuck with me and then Fading Senses I liked a lot. I noticed that a lot of the songs would move from like they would have two or three distinctive sections mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like further away has a ton, but all yeah. of, all the songs really have that. Um, I like the last track, the ballad. You know, yep. Uh, <laughs> lighter waving <laughs> yep. song. It yep. goes out on such like a just a nice, I don't know, nice feeling.
yeah, the end there. It's it's interesting. Uh, the final track of Come Down. It reminds me of Genesis's track of Afterglow, um, mm. especially with mm. such the big buildup that was the end of Leap of Faith. Um, and same with the Yes track of Soon, which is the last oh. suite of Gates of uh, Derillium. So mm-hmm. you kind of have like this big chaotic musical outpour that was the ending part of Leap of Faith that then gets resolved in this slower ballad movement of music to yeah. round it all off. Hmm. Yeah, it's it it sounds like the whole thing was well conceived from they didn't just start recording, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It's like this was this was planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there was a very clear focus. Um, yeah. And I just like, go back to like how hard this would be to make. I mean, yeah. seriously, like that's, that's the thing that I think if you're not really into progressive rock mm-hmm. and this style immediately turns you off, you mm-hmm. find it dorky, pretentious, whatever it is, like <laughs> yep. Yep. just the, the key with it is really just paying attention. Yeah. And you start to like hear the people that are involved in it, not just the music yeah. and it's kind of, visceral uh sort of feelings it gives off you you start to oh those are really people inside a recording studio mm-hmm. who took all this time to write and think out these really complex and vulnerable thoughts and it's just yeah. it's cool for that reason it's really yeah. cool yeah that's really i i love that context like i love hearing about it within the context of yeah these weren't just monkeys on a typewriter right there's actual yeah. humans on the other side yeah mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. beautiful yeah yeah it's interesting because my favorite suite of music in this uh is the play out within leap of faith and it has one of my all-time favorite guitar moments yeah. like i have to stop whatever i'm doing whenever i'm listening to this is it that main riff i can't remember if that's piano or guitar right at the so, beginning but um there is i remember something that's like it was like yes iconic. yeah it, it's um piano at the very beginning yeah and for the most part the leading instrument is the piano until we get to the kind of play back and forth and mm-hmm. again i hate leaning on the bands from the past, but it does come with the territory when you're talking about Neo Prague. Yep. It reminds me of like the play out from cinema show for Genesis, where you have the first three minutes of this track being a kind of like a straightforward song. And then the remainder of it is just this jam session between masters of their craft. And we have this trading back and forth between the spotlights of the keyboardist and the guitarist. I melt whenever that happens. It just, it really. I'll, I'll have to keep, keep listening. Yeah. It just, I don't know. There's, there's, I'm reminded of like the spirit of a masterpiece. Like it, uh, 
you don't really have control over it. It's just something that happens. And I feel like the spirit of Masterpiece fell on the band during that section of music. Mm. And it just, I don't know, they captured something very, very beautiful. Uh, yeah, you uh, can feel them sort of transcending the... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to sound very pretentious, <laughs> but yeah, that's essentially no, that's, it. It's, that's what it is. I think that yeah. they would, uh, that's what they would want people to get out of this, you know, not just, uh, oh, that was nice. Like, oh man, they were really tapping into something Yeah. Yeah. massive there. Yeah, like it was, it was very tight, right? Like yeah. I understand it was a studio, uh, you know, there's probably mixing and yep. a couple takes that happened, but like the end result and whenever they play it live is just extremely tight. Mm. Yeah. So you've heard, have you seen them live? I haven't seen them live, but I do have okay. a number of their live recordings. Yeah. And more often than not, they'll actually play Leap of Faith without continuing it on okay. to uh, That's a, cl- down. A, a classic of theirs then. Yeah, so it's it's one that they go to quite okay. often. Uh, yeah, I, I was looking back at some of the album covers, which are really funny as you move through <laughs> the years. But like some of those '90s ones are just oh uh, yeah, they're like they're a mess. Fr- I'll be honest. They're, yeah, they're, they're Chef's Kiss. Just mwah. it's just <laughs> hodgepodge. Like typography is just mm-hmm. yeah. What is it? Oh. Graphic graphic design is my passion. Yikes. Yeah, they're Yikes. they're not they're not known for their beautiful artwork shall we say but i did recognize the darkest hour that cover with the yeah. scary guy it yeah. kind of reminded me of mashuga a little bit yeah yeah and uh so yeah uh the dark matter one um, yeah I've, I've seen just, that before that mm-hmm. was the one that i was going to recommend because that's still my favorite yeah. of theirs okay uh, so but this one you feel like is right up there it's oh yeah oh yeah like this is the one that as i mentioned kind of skyrocketed them and speaking of Mm -hmm. album covers uh the lead singer actually drew this album cover oh so that's his artwork on it i love i like this one it reminds me of you know other stuff from the period but it's like there's uh i don't know we won't make any more (laughs) (laughs) connections to other stuff but yeah 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 there is that for sure and but it's more um toned down and minimalistic mm-hmm. you know some of the others it's just like yeah, a hodgepodge of ideas that are there's there's a lot really going work. on yeah oh boy but i'm i'm excited to dive into some of their other stuff and this is really the type of music that i need you to continue sharing with me because i, I will i just feel like there's so much of it that i don't know about yeah, and I feel like uh, Neo Prague has been looked over within our generations because um, mm. a lot of people our age, whenever I talk about progressive rock, they're either into the contemporary modern stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the stuff that you've been introducing to me, like Thank You Scientist, Coheed and Cambria, um, yeah. or they're looking at like the big ones like Opeth and Porcupine Tree and Dream yeah. Theater. So I feel like a lot of the Neo stuff generally gets looked over outside of maybe Marillion, maybe Gaspacho. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if there's a, uh, another subgenre of Prague that gets the same sort yeah, of. Yeah. I wonder, cause I know, I know sure. Neo Prague generally yeah. gets cast in a, a little bit of a darker light because they do spend so much time emulating the past and not really yeah. moving the music forward. Cause they're I, like, they have yeah, a very I think specific like the retro- sound. 
Sure. Yeah. And I think yeah. like the retro prog bands too get yeah written off, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I say, but cause it's kind of the same reason, you know, it like, is the same reason. Yeah. And I, the thing hearkening for, backward and yeah. And generally a lot of them sound the same for me. Like there's been a lot of retro prog outfits that have released materials this year and they just all blended together. Like, mm. I don't want to name names because I don't want to cast shade, but like there were three albums that I, you know, gun to my head. I couldn't tell you which, which <laughs> one was from what album. Yeah. Can I ask real quick? Um, yeah. I don't know if it's super relevant, but where do you find uh, new progressive rock? Oh, um, before I started my YouTube page, the go-to for me would be the Prague archives website. Yeah. Like I would okay. scour That's... that religiously, like every day I'd go on and see who's a new artist, who's releasing new material, and then mm-hmm. check out um, the highest ranked ones for any individual year. Yeah. And that's how I would. Uh, now, though, I get more recommendations from people commenting on my videos or just messaging me. Yeah, so, that's that's cool. That that. I mean, that was part of the reason why I started going on YouTube was because yep. I wanted to share all this music. And then just by me sharing music, people are like, oh, if you like this band, maybe check out this band. And I'm like, yeah, that is really the best part of it. I love all this. This is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Should we move on to? Yes. Yes. Because I think we've milked IQ for all it's worth at the moment. <laughs> I know. We, I know. There's I a have, lot more to say there, but. Oh, there's a lot more we'll to say, it. but we can we can leave that because I have a lot to say about Ween. um i don't even know what i'm I'm kind of concerned about you i wrote so much um, whoa okay all right like it's gonna be your first like hour and a half (laughs) we'll see how long i go um yeah so first off right off the bat uh a couple things um i how do i want to say this um I wrote down the final thing that I wrote down on this big list of things was crap. Matt made me cry. (laughs) So this album just, it touched me in a way that I didn't think it could. Oh boy. (laughs) There's, I, I loved it so very much. Really? I did. I, I am so happy about that. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, especially with the first song that started yeah. this all off. Oh, um, yeah. Totally th- like oh, could it was lead someone astray. Such a bait and switch. Like yep. there are so many albums. Like the biggest one that comes to mind is like Neil Young's Trans which starts Mm -hmm. off very folky and then the rest of the album is this 80s uh synth wave you get the sense from ween that they just like took demos and just like threw them at the dartboard and yeah that was the order of the the track and like this was except for a couple like key placements yeah it's it's really a yeah because one of the things that i kept writing down upon first listening to these tracks were this is a 180 degree shift from the track before it yeah so it almost every one every single one i was just like okay so we go from essentially a motorhead cover for it's going to be a yeah it's going to be a a long night that's great yep yeah like i was getting like ace of bass um yep 
And I love, I love the fact that it felt instantly familiar to me hmm. without hmm. never hearing this. So you like that song, but it just wasn't, didn't I, set you up for. <laughs> no. And that was it. Like I was, I was grooving to it. I was jamming to it. I was like, I can get into an album like this. Like yep. I, I generally don't like very simplistic metal. Like I, I never really yeah. liked speed metal or thrash metal because of the simplicity of it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need a little bit of teeth, yep. but even though this track was very simplistic, I still love the groove and I love the fun atmosphere to it. Mm. I also just love the, the line and the lyric of, you know, don't call your mom, don't call this, call the police. I was like, oh damn, this is getting off the hook. If they're saying, don't call the clergyman, don't call, you need to call the police because this is going to get off the hook. And you're in for one. That's what oh, I yeah. love about it. Is it's oh, yeah. like fair warning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever it is. And then they they follow that up with Zola. Be a long night. Yes, <laughs> which is like soft elevator music for like lo fi's to dream to. Oh, so, I love it so much. Like like I almost got whiplash for the amount of shift that happened. Like yeah. oh boy and. So again, I loved it. I love the super trippy, happy sounds that we had to Zoloft. And then again, we had another like 180 degree shift with uh, transdermal celebration, which mm-hmm. could have fit within a playlist of 90s alternative music. Like, <laughs> yep, yep, I, definitely. I, yeah. I was feeling like the Stone Temple is. Pilots or exactly. Bush exactly. or Widemouth yeah. Mason. Yep, and, and uh, the like Zoloft. Just to kind of cover this for people who haven't here, it's yeah. um, it is what it what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a song basically that perfectly captures that just like fake, happy, yeah. uh, <laughs> blissful. You know, yeah, um, it's it's sedated like state. I was and... gonna say we we've manufactured the sedated <laughs> happiness for you. Yeah, uh, you know. and it has it has that line that I love the. Uh, you know, make me like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, everybody's happy. Why aren't you, don't worry, we can sell it to you kind of an idea. oh yeah like like the rhythm sections within some of these tracks were just superb and even though i'm not a big big fan of like a synthetic rhythm section um in terms of like stepping away from a drum kit and more onto a beat pad i i love what they were able to manufacture and produce for the rest of the music to blend around in because you go from this like it's gonna be a long night and it's just like <laughs> you know basement 
yeah. garage band yeah. to yeah. like the super like carefully produced yeah mm-hmm. Just pad do, do, pad do, do, drums do. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and transdermal celebration you nailed it stone temple pilots it's just yeah. that 90s alternative mm-hmm and even nostalgic sound this was something that i knew that i was on to something special with just these three songs because each one is so incredibly different at no point was i ever lost at no point did i ever feel like they're it's a mess i i found myself completely invested in each of these tracks to a point that i was surprised of how engaged i was in it so yeah and then from there we have among his tribe which i found was almost the i'm thinking more of the quintessential sound of the album because this style comes up a couple more times Mm. and it, Mm. it felt like uh because this is kind of the i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit uh yeah but this okay. is the sound of the last three tracks of Elkin Road, yeah, the Argus, and if you could save yes. yourself. So there is this uh, peppered amongst all of the nonsense of this album, mm-hmm. get, um, and I mean that in the most endearing way. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you get these heartfelt, just uh, more simplified rock songs yeah um and that one yeah that one has a very like um led zeppelin three i was going to say i was feeling i was like feeling the mellow side of zeppelin three yeah um or some of the mellower tracks from like beatles revolver or even like the the essence that i kept getting was pink floyd's metal or obscured by clouds Mm. i'm glad you mentioned pink floyd because that when it comes to the argus like um those last few tracks and i'd say captain as well um there is that running through it Mm -hmm. and um yeah those are some of my favorite songs from this because they're just more straightforward and um not as gimmicky yeah uh, like it's i love not... all the gimmicky stuff too but so do i yeah there is something nice about just uh um one that sounds like it was just such an immediate like pick up the guitar there you yeah go. it's it's like as much as i love the fun quirky you said gimmicky which i would agree to uh very I'm trying to think of the right word um <laughs> what is it it's like well, I've got a word. <laughs> okay, give me the word. The word that they would use is is brown. <laughs> brown, interesting. So they they have this concept in the band that is like brown is used as an adjective, to, as in like so bad that it's good. <laughs> okay, okay, <'cause, laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the essence that I'm going for, and I know that there's a word for it. Um, catchy might be getting it but Mm -hmm. yeah gimmick might be the bigger one where there's like a lack of sincerity like a very tongue-in-cheek like we know this is bad but we're going to make it sound as good as we possibly can like one track what was it oh the next track of so many people i wrote down and underlined three times in all caps primus because oh yeah yeah primus does the same thing where they make something that would normally sound really bad extremely catchy and very good 
and you know it's that quirky weird but still extremely catchy and hummable track that i immediately go to and i love So far, all of the connections you've made are like, it, it was like I had that in mind, but I hadn't quite stumbled upon it yet. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a, a few of those throughout throughout the album. But what do you think? Of, Tried and True is probably, um, I, I'd say it's my favorite song. I'm yeah. Gonna... And I, I, I think I was so engrossed in the music that the only thing that I wrote down was love the trippy feel of this one. Uh, because it reminded me of some of the more pastel tracks that we had from bands like King Giz, where it's very mm-hmm. impressionistic, it's very introspective, and it's much more genuine and sincere than a lot of the other tracks that came before or even directly after. <laughs> yeah. So it's... it's almost like this shining little sense of purity Yep. in and amongst all this wacky gonzo stuff yeah and it just comes off so immediately as like this is a hit <laughs> like it's just so yeah. obvious like from the moment it starts that you're just like okay yeah this yeah. is the this is the hit okay. this is the one this is the one yeah um i really did love tried and true uh and i love what is it the next the next two tracks i think are just really bonkers but play off one another yeah, yeah. Um, I love how Happy Colored Marbles is. It reminds me of a haunted nursery or toy store, and that <laughs> the sounds that we're getting are very innocent, very childlike, very like toys, yeah. but they're played in such a dark and menacing way that there's this massive juxtaposition that Mm -hmm. it creates its own uncanny valley of enjoyment for me because (laughs) like there's this rawness and insanity that's going on that makes this overarching darkness almost intolerable but i can't help but stare at it yeah there's something about greasy grown men who know better (laughs) playing playing with dolls or something that's just like very unsettling yeah and then, <laughs> that's what it sounds like and then i love uh hey there fancy pants and being that same darkness that same yeah gripe but flipped in this the innocence is put front and center and it almost feels like that innocence is lying to you because it's very mm-hmm. bright it's very happy it's very like that I think we mentioned that on one of the first tracks of like Zoloft, where it's this manufactured happiness. It's very yep. synthetic. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. I'm just like, Oh boy. Oh man. Yeah. It feels, <laughs> feels plastic. It does. Yeah. yeah. Like all the colors are uh, set to like 11 and there's so much, yeah. 
so much going on. In that. It's an album for me that when I look at every track, I immediately can hear it and it's st- it's like its own entity completely. Yeah. Like every everyone almost is is like that. Oh yeah, like I I have very specific things which is rare when I'm listening to an album for the first time. Yeah. Because there's just so much that jumped out immediately at it. Oh, let's Did see. you I, like Captain? Yeah. I did. I love that we so after the first like after the past two tracks of Hey There Fancy Pants and Happy Colored Marbles. I like the fact that it kind of went back to that mellow folky aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, and what I really enjoyed was the guitar licks felt mm. like some of the guitar licks that we heard from like the Mars Volta in oh. being very experimental. And it might've just been the sound of the guitar, but it sounded like a lot of the smaller moments from like Francis the Mute. Mm. where there's just like a pick here and a pick there and it's all kind of sewn together in this cohesive whole yeah i loved i really liked captain i mean i really liked all the songs but uh yeah yeah were there any we can keep going because it like i feel like everything is kind of oh yeah of. oh yeah like i can keep <laughs> going its own, yeah so chocolate town mm-hmm. like it's just a a country country rock pop yeah yeah gem. but even with that there. that country rock and pop I, pop I still love the taste of darkness on it and mm. i think this is what you were saying about you know being one of their darker albums even though there's so many fun and lighthearted tracks on there there's still this like blanketed darkness that seems to be around every corner and cranny of it mm. and i found that for chocolate town good way of sure. saying it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and I there's sort of a uh, there's almost a there he slips in and out of these uh facades of maybe everything's okay and we're just playing mm-hmm. fun music and then immediately like his his songwriting style or whoever's i think it's gene the singer mm-hmm. um going through was going through a divorce oh. uh, around this time and so he's actually okay. said that he uh, doesn't like to return and doesn't right. listen to this album very often because of that. Right. Um, and you can, you can hear that, especially in these last few tracks. For oh sure. yeah. It's for like sure. It sinks into some. Yeah. Heart, um, heart, heart on his sleeve. And that's stuff, such, so. that's, that's such an interesting context for this album because one of the prevailing themes that we had, especially at the beginning is this manufactured happiness of, you know, we as a society are telling us over and over and over again that you need to be happy all the time. You have to be um, overly joyful and appreciative and all this stuff. And so yeah. when life gets real, it doesn't, we haven't created a proper space to really feel that sadness because there's something wrong with you if you're not happy all the time. Mm. So I like how there's this kind of call out to that in like, look, I'm going through a very nasty, or I don't know the context, but like a divorce, which unless he's like happy to be out, but I, who knows, um, you know, there's a grieving process to that and you have to kind of feel that. And so I like the fact that within a lot of these tracks, there's that getting to the core emotion over top of all the syntheticness that we've been fed. Yeah. Yeah. I I find it funny that well, I don't know. Maybe it's sad, but it's like, uh, as you're starting to sink in, like, I don't want it. 
it's getting more real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the captain is the same way, but yeah. he just ke- keeps throwing in songs that break that up. Yeah. Or like, ah, I'm just joking, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I just like, he gets really serious and he's like, ah, but no, nah, I'm fine. Let's, <laughs> let's just keep having fun. But, right. But then to, yeah. But then in the very end, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into that, I, I do want to talk about the, and uh, pardon my French here. Cause I'm not one to swear, uh, but the fucked up jam. Um, oh man, I love this track. <laughs> I, I, I love how much of a troll this track is. Cause you keep thinking that it's done and it's just like, Nope, yeah. we got more. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh boy. It's I, like a five second pause. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. And the pauses get longer and longer. So you're like, Oh, are <laughs> they, I would love to see them perform this live for the first time. I just to be in that room, yeah, yeah. which is like, oh, the again, chef's kiss, just mwah, <laughs> so good, it so is good, so, it's great, yeah. But then it lays down it's the foundation, troll. yeah, it's such a troll move. Uh, but then it lays the foundation for those final three tracks. That by the end of the third track, like the ending of the album, that's where I got like emotional and oh boy, I felt fa- I found myself getting moved and. Yeah, the last one before I wrote down, crap, I'm getting emotional, was so pure. And again, underlined three times. It's just, I felt like he got right down to that pure emotion. Yeah. Whatever it was, whatever it was. It's very intense. It's very intense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just the sentiment of if you could save yourself, you'd save us all is like, that's coming from Ween? What? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? Yeah. Yeah. And like, unlike all the other tracks, like you maybe had one track that flowed into the other in terms of style. This was the first time that all three really caught the baton of the last track. Yeah. So something about this album too um, is it, and one of the reasons I picked it is because it contains, I think, a touch of almost everything that they do well. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you can hear these these last few songs, like the Argus, is straight yeah. off of probably their most popular album, which is the Mollusk, yeah. which actually inspired SpongeBob. Squarepants. Interesting, because I know what is it? Ocean Man is the one that they. Yes. Yeah, because yep. that's the only track I've heard from Ween prior to this, because I have yep. the the soundtrack to the movie. Yeah. So the yep. Mollusk is probably the most accessible, and hmm. I it's up there for me. I think this one and that one are tied for my my favorites. Yeah. Not gonna um, lie, I was immediately after this call going to listen to the Mollusk. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, I Please need do. more. I need Please more. Please do. That is that is great. Um. Zoloft is more of the uh, like their chocolate and cheese record, I'd say. Has okay. more of that sort of thing going on. Um, then they do a very straightforward rock thing on White Pepper, and mm-hmm. that's kind of transdermal celebration, kind of touches on that. Okay, yeah. Um, you have, and then you have like some of their very beginning albums, which are just these crazy weird demos uh, mm-hmm. sounding songs, like, you know, 
there's there's plenty of them here but yeah yeah i just i feel like it just touches on everything it's a yeah a real treasure trove (laughs) yeah i like i said i love this album um and I love those last three tracks. Like I can go back and just listen nice. to those last three tracks. I was hoping you would. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Um, just how introspective and atmospheric. I even wrote down for the Argus. It almost has a Elliot Smith feel to it. In terms mm-hmm. of being that pure introspective um, feel. And like if you could save yourself, if you could save us all. It's in a three-three time, which is something that Elliot Smith would write very, very regularly. And, or three-four, or like a three-four, or... yeah. Um, whatever it is that yeah it was set in. Uh, I really need to take music theory, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's yeah, subtle. yeah. Um, and I love the build change at the end of the Argus and how it goes into the final track. So mm. yeah, I just. I love the setting at the end. Like I do feel yeah. like the album overall is just a drug induced party. And then at the end, the final three tracks, the party is done and you're just kind of left with yourself at the end. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It peels away some of the um, layers of pretension yeah. or of whatever it is that yeah. covering up. Um, yeah. And What's, what's probably funniest about this conversation is I there's a good chance that if Ween heard us talking like this about this album, they would just be like, they would just laugh, you know, it's like the, <laughs> you're just trying to figure out something that really is just very simple. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it is what it is. And that's kind of some of the hilarity of Ween, too, is just like how bizarre and absurd it is that they exist and that their songs exist and there's just sort of this randomness to it that's just Mm -hmm. like the fact that these things came into being and were shared with so many people is just like so bizarrely random that you (laughs) you have to laugh at the absurdity yeah i was going to say it feels very much like the musical interpretation of like theater of the bizarre yeah you know, like I could hear this as being like the soundtrack to Waiting for Godot or something like that. <laughs> you know, just like completely absurd. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for introducing me to this magnificent album and one that I'm going to have to revisit and check out back catalogs for Ween. Because And thank you for IQ too. I feel like it's going to branch off into so many different things. So. Oh, I hope it does. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to have you back and I'll give you more, uh, yes. maybe some yes. more deeper cuts of the neo prog genre. Sounds perfect. And yeah. you just like keep away from you, the precious, I... beautiful, <laughs> innocent thing they are. Yeah, I will. I will. Keep your hands off them for now. Avert my gaze. I will wait for the right time. I'll be busy with Ween <laughs> until then. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, thanks for having me on. I do want to. No problem. I do want to plug. I was going to say, is there anything you want to? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to let the listeners know about? Yeah. So I feel I'm. I need to do a a top albums of the year video here. So I've got that in the works. Beautiful. So my channel is called Matt O'Leary Music, and it's similar to Notes. I do 
music reviews, but I've been kind of on hiatus for about a year. So yeah. I'm hoping it's some point to, to jump back in. Yeah. And I'll leave the link to his YouTube page in the description of this episode. So go and check it out. Uh, revisit his back catalog as well, because he has amazing introspective reviews on some of my favorite artists. Yeah. Thanks notes. Hey, you know, <laughs> I got to do it. Yeah. So anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to leave the listeners with or? Um, kind of it. I, I don't know, but I do want to say I might uh, be finishing a, an album next oh. year too. Um, but that would just be under Matt O'Leary. Um, I, f- uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> that would be cool. But no, I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope we this can great. do it again soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely get you back in the new year. So thanks once again for coming on board and everybody out there just keep sharing music. Yeah.